G'day, and welcome to Feed for Thought, a regular podcast from Pioneer covering everything from farm systems to crops and products and much, much more. Hi, I'm Wade Bell, and today I've got with me Ian Williams and Matt Daly. So we've got the full crew back here again. So nice to have you back with us, boys. Uh, you've it's, been... it's about time we had Matt with us, isn't it? I mean, he's been sort of... No, no, you guys are running row. You're doing them on the sly but without me. I, I reckon we should get Hamish back. I think we should too. We, <laughs> had, we actually had a very good result with uh, no, with Moshi with us last I, time. I hear his ratings are quite high. Yeah, so. I think I think probably had our highest ratings with you not here, to be fair, mate. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty rough. Pretty rough. Hey, look, it's great to have you both uh, back with us. Uh, the usual team again. And uh, look, today we're going to get into a topic that's a wee bit sensitive on the back of uh, some recent media release around the the drop in the payout. So Fonterra have announced a, a midpoint of $7, yeah. uh, which comes as a bit of a surprise and a, well, maybe not a surprise, but certainly a shock to farmers. And there's going to be a bit of reaction to that. And we thought it was a good opportunity to try and sort of cover that off with some of our own thoughts. But we've also uh, sought some feedback, uh, if you like, from farmers that we know of as well. So we're going to try and touch on that today. But I thought we'd just kick off with with some of the stuff that we we've uh, bandied around ourselves around, you know, just how farmers uh, can respond uh, or will be responding to that. So some thoughts. Uh, I'll, I'll open the floor to start with. We can go from there. I mean, look, I, I think it, it is important that we acknowledge it, that man to have a dollar drop out of your um, milk price is a, is a big drop. Yeah. Uh, and admittedly, it's and there's a range given, and and you know we don't know what's going to happen after Christmas, but it was a bit of a shock. Well, it was a shock when you go on farm at the moment. That is the sort of the talk at the moment, isn't it? It sure is. Yeah. Unfortunately, I was speaking to a group uh, that morning yes. of the announcement, and and bang, that was that was the talk of the town. To me, it wasn't as great a shock as probably what we've seen in the past. And whether that's because a number of people have seen this before, whether it's because we're actually, it was a, a softening. Times were tough last year yep. and, and we've gone and made a few changes already before we got into the start of this season. Yeah, so you, you make a good point there, Matt. We have seen these price shocks or payout shocks in the past. and, and I can go back yeah, to 1982. Here we go. I mean, no, honestly, I, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, Matt wasn't born and yeah, I was all that sort of primary stuff. school. Exactly. Um, but look, oh, that's a stretch, mate. <laughs> so 1982, 1982, 83, I mean, these 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 were tough times. And and then we, you know, we went through it again with the global financial crisis. Boy, we saw a big drop then. Oh, 2015. Um, that big one, we were—I think they were talking a seven or an eight dollar payout, and it dropped to what three eighty at one yeah, stage, three seventy, three eighty, something. Yeah, there. and so you know we've been through these before, um, and it's interesting talking to farmers about it because the farmers that I talked to, they they acknowledge that they're in a bit of pain at the moment, but they said, well, we, we we're still farming. Yeah, yeah, experience. They've experienced it before, yeah. or many have. Yeah, and it made me think back to a presentation you'd done, Ian. And, uh, around that 2015-2016 time around uh, some of dairy-based figures and staying within your system and yeah. parts back to a, an article that you've written not long ago. But what were some of the things that you looked into back in 2015-2016? Because by all accounts, the, a lot of them are going to still ring true now. Yeah, I, look, just to Matt's point, so we went, I went back and had a look at dairy base and one or two things and, and some of the things that farmers were doing and there were just a few things that came through. I mean, one was I looked at I looked at the difference um, in profit between systems and the different difference in profit within systems. So the difference in profit between systems was small, but the difference of profit within a system, so the farms within a system, was actually really really big. Yeah. And so 
one of the messages that I had it there is is look, just rather than jump from one system to another, think about what sort of things can you do within the system that will actually improve your profitability or or reduce your reduce your losses. I mean, yeah. you know, keep your losses to a minimum. So that was that was a big one was was work out work out what the fundamentals of your system are and and just seek to make improvements within that. And we can come back to that one because I think that came through in some of the farmer messaging that we spoke yeah. to as well. But but I'll, I want to stay on this in the meantime. What were some of the other things that um, came through? So the, the, one of the things that they said was set your system up right. So, that, I mean, that's a flow on. Yep. So things like, for example, um, what percentage of uh, body weight are you doing in terms of milk production? Are you achieving 80% of your live weight in milk production? And another one was... What is your actual stocking rate on the on the farm? Can you afford to drop stock numbers uh, and and still do the same production? Yeah, yeah. But those are good and well right now. Like we've 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 got the cow numbers we've gotten, and and it's pretty difficult to change those. And that you know those are those are kind of more longer term, are they not? No, I mean, I look, I I know that we've always said that, but I'm not sure that that holds true. I mean, I know people, for example, that will quite happily sell in milk cows um, in December they'll cull early they'll go on once a day they'll do all those kind of things to to uh, make sure that, that you know that, that their milk production per cow is is still reasonable yeah um, right. so they're not feeding they're not feeding feed to cows and aren't producing basically yeah yep. so yep. early culling all those kind of fundamentals wastage yeah that, yeah something that always rings true with us but if we, if we can make a saving of 10%, that's oh. effectively dropping your price. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I, and, and, and so I think, you know, things like making sure your stack management is up to scratch. So making sure that, and, and this this was exactly the same back then, was was to your point, you, if you have a 10% reduction in wastage, effectively you've had a 10% reduction in your feed cost because, hmm. I mean, it's just straight bottom line cost. Pasture management was a big one. So, you know, we've known for a long time that, if you're feeding feed into a, say, when you've got a pasture residual above 1800, your response rates are really low. And so there's, there's some wastage. Likewise, if you're feeding, if you've got a big hole, a big feed deficit, and you feed below 1500, say, residuals, and you start feeding, your response rates are higher. Yep. So so just thinking about when you're feeding your feed, yeah. that was a big one. So, so oh, shouldn't sorry. we already be doing this, Ian? Oh, yeah. oh, absolutely. It's the fundamental that we should be doing in terms of pasture management. But the reality is, is that, you know, at a higher payout, you, things creep. I yeah, mean, for yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah, and and I, I will pick up on a farmer comment here because one of the things that uh, resonated with me is that real attention to detail, just being accurate yes. with with all of that stuff. Because yes, it's always important, but it's it's especially important when the pressure's on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, and, and and related to that, one of the things the things that we had there was actually knowing what your numbers were. So having a really good idea, so the accuracy, that attention to detail becomes even more important. Yeah. Uh, you know, do I actually need this thing, yeah. or, or or can I defer it, or or or, or can I use something that was cheaper? Yeah, that was another one. You know, like for example, if I'm if I'm feeding a real high cost feed, is there other are, are there cheaper alternatives available yeah. to me? Yeah. Um. So that and that was really about farm working expenses, making sure that you keep your farm working expenses under control. Yeah. Controlling the things you can control, yeah, basically. Yeah. And and I guess once you've got that control, once you've got a sense of control, you know, I guess that takes a little bit of stress out of the situation as well. You know what you're dealing with. You've got a, a little bit higher level of comfort with, with knowing where you're going rather yeah. than being completely out of control. Yeah, it's, it's don't panic and under or take take stock of where you're at. And it's that line by line, but it's understand your system and then find those little holes or little opportunities that you might be able to refine or or reduce the cost in, 
and your farm working expenses or, or maybe growing your, your maize on farm. Like we've had those discussions in the past as well. Yeah, so. and, and that's a good point. We, we, we did have a little play around with this with our own numbers uh, with the cost, the growing cost of maize. Let's be we? honest, wait, you had a play. Well, so I had a play. Yeah, I got, <laughs> a, I got a, Here you go. Fair, uh, fair call, fair call. Well, I did get a little bit interested, right, because there is a lot of chat about, uh, you know, just the cost of growing feed and, and we've come through a period with pretty significant inflation, farm inflation in particular, and so, you know, I reviewed and we've seen fertilizer costs come back uh, really significantly. So so I just updated those numbers. Uh, what are they now for growing a maize crop? And and when I revised the the numbers, it was about a $400 a hectare uh, reduction in costs yep. compared to when we last looked at it back in February. So that's quite significant. Well, that's that's of, massive. We've got yeah. chemistry as well. That's Correct. Some of that's dialing back as well. Yep. So understanding those, uh, your costs, I suppose, going on and, and – the number one thing that I would, well, I've been banding about is is actually get out there and do a soil test because you might not need those nutrients. You might be able to make a bigger save than four hundred bucks a hectare. Yep. By and, understanding and, what's in your paddock to begin with. And I think, I mean, look, that's right across your farm. It's not just your cropping ground. It's it's you know, do I actually need these high phosphate levels? Can I mine? Can it? Can this be a year when I can mine some of my phosphate? Yep. Do I need the potash levels at the way they are? Can I use my effluent more effectively to actually reduce some of the costs of fertilizer? You know, is it going across a big enough area? Those, all those kind of things are, are areas where people can pick up just little bits, a little bit here. You know, like ten dollars a hectare there, twenty dollars a hectare there. Over two hundred hectares, it actually mounts up. We could get we could get rolling in for a podcast and really grill them on you know how how lean can we get on yeah. uh, on on growing a maize crop? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, we we well we've known. I mean, we've seen real examples of that. Say with the Lincoln Uni Dairy Farm, where they actually did reduce the amount of nitrogen they applied, and they didn't grow any less grass. Yeah. Um, and it's possibly because they were using more nitrogen than what they needed to. Yeah. So, so having those you know hard conversations, do I actually really need this thing, yeah. or, or can I get away with it? Yeah. So those are some really good fundamentals. Tell me a little bit about the conversations that you had with farmers, because we went out to farmers as well with this topic, because we knew, you know, we knew it was it's quite a, a, a sensitive topic to, to many, yep. and we wanted to to bring their voice in. Tell me so. Tell me about what they what they spoke to you guys about. One of the one of the things that they said to me is, you know, how do we reduce our uh, cost of production? Was one of the ones. And, yep. and, and we've covered some of those things, yep. you know, so making sure that we know what our numbers are, making sure we know what our costs are. Do we actually really need it? So that, that is one thing. Yeah. Ups to the conversation I actually had was don't jeopardise production. Oh, yeah, Because yeah, that's yeah. how you dilute a lot of those costs. And yes. so it was uh, that rings true to the conversation I was having. But what happens if your cost of production is high? I mean, like, you know, so, so a lot of farmers go, oh, I actually need to do this production, but the marginal cost of that production is actually quite high. Because the, the you know they're feeding a lot of high high cost feed or or whatever. You do know, you so, need it? Yeah, absolutely. Do you actually need it? Yeah. And yeah. so I'd be I'd be looking at some of those high cost feeds and actually, is it is it just chasing production or is it necessary to production? Yeah, I mean, look, you know, and we know there's a lot of farmers out there who do. Oh man, they do 105% of the cows live weight on grass, maize silage, a little bit of palm kernel and some DDG. And that's yeah. pretty well all they feed. So I think that thing around production, you've got to be very careful around how deep you cut uh, when you're getting into that cost control because yes. you can, one, you can go too far uh, and it can be, you know, you can be into a pretty adverse space if, you're, if your milk production drops too too severely. But likewise, you don't want to be, uh, you don't want to be chasing that real marginal milk in years like like this. What else, what else did they cut, sort of talk about? 
Well, one of the things that, that, that the farmers that I talked to said, hey, look, they just need some reassurance that it's going to be okay. I mean, some of the older ones said, look, you know, we've been through this before. We know we'll go through this again. It'll, it, it's going to be okay. But some of the younger ones were just saying, you know, is it going to be okay? This might be the first time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And there's, there was one or two that were like that. Yeah. Yep. So what, what are the examples of where they get that reassurance from? Where did they, where did they go? Trusted advisors, I suppose. Wait, like, and that was one thing that uh, the guy I was talking to is he was he was using those people around him to refine his system, but also gauge where he's at. So, um, seeking that reassurance is, is important. We're available, so that's our core role as part of the farm systems team. But use use anyone within your circle and get them to challenge you. Um, and you challenge them back as well. That's the only way you're going to be able to refine your system. So, yeah. so wait a minute, you rang a couple of farmers. What, yeah, I did. What, what, what? Uh, so the only one I'd add to that is uh, what one farmer I spoke to said he communicates uh, really strongly internally with his team. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, so, so it wasn't just about getting reassurance externally. It was about saying explaining the situation to his team because he felt that they could actually add some real value by understanding and then – particularly around things like wastage and just being that attention to detail, making things sure things are done accurately uh, because they understood why that was important. Yeah. It's always important. So but the this why, year in particular, they're just saying, hey, look, you know, the why. The why. Becomes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And they'll yeah. perhaps understand a little bit about the stress or the pressures that are on the farm owner as well. And so that just makes that whole working environment a little bit more enjoyable and, and people have a level of understanding. Yeah. And the system will be better for it in the long run yep. as well. Yep. For a greater understanding from your staff as to what you're going through and the pressures that you've got, you know, if you're if you're reducing your wastage now, and keep doing that in higher payout times. Well, you're onto a winner. Yeah. I've got a I've got a friend who not I mean, he's not a farmer. He's a, he's a property developer, and he says it's times like this which really set him up um, for the next period of good times. Because he said, you know, you relearn some of those lessons yeah. and re-remember some of those stories, yeah. which enable them to actually move forward and, and, and move forward with with sort of a more of a positive attitude. Or yeah. Whatever. So the lessons that you learn now are, are permanent. Yeah. They're, yeah. They're, yeah. Like, so you take like them. You, yeah. know, you take them beyond the season that we're in at the moment. Yeah. Anything that you can fine tune, well, that become, can become a permanent feature in your in your system. Yeah. Cool. Well, Anything else? What have we what What have we missed? <laughs> I, I mean, I one of the questions that I and it was just in a conversation I had with you, Matt, was you know what about your bankers? Do you do you, you know like you, you you know you're tight financially? Do you go to your banker? Definitely, you, yeah. you got to use your team. Yeah, and they they are part of your team, whether it's for finance or whether it's just to bounce numbers. It's is the perfect time to be talking to them. And what the guy that I actually spoke to, he said that there was more relief. So yes, there's a bit of tension building your budget and seeing that things are a bit tight. Or uh, more than tight, but actually, after that conversation was had, he was a bit more at ease. Mm. So use everyone within your team and and just talk to everyone because it will support trust. Oh yeah, yeah. Because I mean, we, we we had that great podcast with them, one or two or three podcasts yeah. ago, and so you know, feel free to go back and listen to that. But they are there to help, aren't they? Dead right. I yeah. mean, lean on and other professionals in in some of the space. So yes. so lean on. Everyone within your team share that share that problem. I mean, wait, you were a banker in a past life. I mean, from a banker's perspective, I mean, Listen. how yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. But how important was it for your clients when you were banking to 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 communicate early? Was it was it important? Oh, absolutely. Uh, n- nobody likes surprises. Right uh, is is number one. So you know those, those uh, bankers are an important part of your business. So are accountants. Uh, so are so are consultants. And if you're communicating with them up front. And all parties kind of understand the situation and where you're heading. 
there's no surprises, right, for anybody, yeah. and and that makes a much better uh, relationship if uh, if you're working on a no surprises basis. Yeah. There's nothing worse than uh, for the farmer or the banker to get to the end of the year and and to realise that things have spiralled out of control and you know there's there's funding required for so things. So talking that about expected. talking about no surprises. Mm. Um, what about tax? I mean, you know, a yeah. lot of farmers had – last year wasn't too bad, eh? And there'll be some provisional tax, is that right? Yeah, well, it would be th- – those provisional tax bills would be significant enough to warrant a conversation with your accountant for sure to yep. see if that can be revised. And, and and now in light of this announcement by Fonterra, you know, it could be a perfect opportunity, albeit it's right in the middle of carving, but to, to re-engage in that conversation with your accountant as well and just see if you're on the right track with, with tax. planning, yeah, yeah. Yeah, tax planning. But yeah, it's for the bank of it, for instance, it's letting them know where you're actually at because mm. driving around the Waikato at the moment, there's not a lot of feed, right? Mm. In the middle too, we're, I'm not going to say we're flush, but we're, we're looking reasonably good. So they might not have the same feeling on the ground as what you do, or they they definitely don't because you're there every day. So the more you engage with them, the better understanding yeah. they're going to have and the, they're going to be able to help you make decisions going forward. Yeah, there's no doubt, no doubt about that, Matt, for, for sure. Yeah. Look, there's some, uh, you know, it sounds like it's been quite a serious podcast uh-huh. so far, hasn't it? You know, and it is a serious topic. I certainly understand that. Look, we, we're keen to wrap it up there. Uh, normally these guys try to summarise after I've summarised, but I'm not going to allow them to do that today. Uh, I think the key messages that uh, that have come through is there's a big communication theme here, communicating with your bankers, your accountants, your trusted advisors. Use your neighbours. You know, just work out whether there's a, a, a missed opportunity or, or something that you're not seeing that someone else might or things that they might be doing within their business. Uh, they are potential lessons for life, yeah. uh, so you can take them forward for the for the future. And, you know, that's uh, th- those are just, you know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to steal Oh, uh, here we go. <laughs> Didn't take long. There will be another year behind this year. So look forward as well. I know yeah. when you're down in the trenches, make sure that, you know, there's still long side about this. The dairy industry is still a positive industry to be in. You look at five-year averages, rolling averages, they're still positive. So on the on the other side of this will be will be better times. Yeah. Yeah. And, and look, I mean, here we are, of course. Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> Jesus. Open, open the door <laughs> and kicks it open. Yeah. You know, it's just it's just to me, it's it's I think we've just got to acknowledge that for a lot of farmers, this is bloody hard. Mm. It's just really tough at the moment. And there's so much help available for you if you're going through some tough times. Rural Support Trust, Farm Strong, Surfing for Farmers. I mean, we, there's, a, there's a group of people out there, your doctor, who, who are there to help. And it's just a matter of actually opening your mouth and asking and, and, yeah. and, and saying. Because I tell you what, it's, it's, it's pretty tough going through this alone and there's no need to. Yeah, I think that's a really nice sum up uh, there, Ian. You know, that, that sharing your situation, that's the problem shared, problem halved. Yeah. Right. So, um, so it's a nice way to finish. If you if you like what you've heard today, follow our podcast. Feel free to share it with others, and uh, we look forward to you tuning in next time. Thanks very much.